Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our organization's mission is simple. We aim to seek and share wisdom on how to build teams that experience long-term success. One way we do that is by interviewing some of the best leaders inside and outside of athletics on this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is Coach Steve Savarese. Coach Savarese recently retired from his role as the executive director of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Before joining the AHSAA, Coach Savarese compiled a record of 287 wins with only 84 losses as a high school football coach in Kansas and Alabama. He was the head coach of two state championship teams during that run. Coach Savarese, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me on. Well, hey, Coach, I just wanted to uh, echo what Chris just mentioned and tell you congratulations as well on retiring. And so the very first question, I'm just so curious about when you get to this point professionally and you're so good at what you do and you have so many years of wisdom, how did you know when, hey, I really am ready to step away from this particular role? Well, that's, that's a great question. I probably could have worked my entire life or until my health gave way. Right. Um, but I was home for Christmas and we, you know, we lived in Montgomery. Our children live in Fairhope in Daphne, Alabama. Okay. And so we were home and the kids kind of had a little talk with me and my, us, our son said to me, dad, how many more birthdays are you going to miss? Gotcha. And uh, it, it was just time for me to spend extra time with our great, I have two grandkids here tonight that uh, my wife and I are watching. We've, we've had them almost every weekend since we retired. And so it's, everybody's always sacrificed for me. And it was time for me to sacrifice or do something, you know, for my wife who's put up with me for 45 years and, and also for our children who I'm very thankful, still love their parents and want them around. So it was important. Now, it also is important to note our listeners, though, what you mentioned before this, you're retired, but tell us about some of the things that you're still getting to do. Uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm retired, but I still serve as a consultant to the association, the Alabama Association. I serve as a consultant to the National Federation, and I'm working with them. I just came back from um, Atlanta and meeting with some folks, both with the NFHS network as as, as well as uh, an investment firm who's investing in the network. And I'm speaking in New Mexico next month. I have to speak in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I'm keeping busy just I, I don't have the day-to-day um, requirements that I did before. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so uh, I know, you know, we all learned a lot living through the 2020-2021 school year. Um, so were there any positive changes that were implemented in high school sports in Alabama due to the pandemic that you think may stick around long term? I always think there will be some safety protocols that will follow for years to come. We, we've learned a lot. 
and I'm going to use the term infectious disease because infectious disease is exactly what we have. And so our, our cleaning, definitely our attention to detail for safety um, as it relates to infectious disease, I really th thought made our students safer. I remember times where we would have infections running through football teams, wrestling teams, and so on. We just didn't have that. And a lot of that was because of the policies and procedures that our medical doctors recommended. And I definitely think those will be followed in the future. Now, Coach, I, uh, I wanted to ask you about this, too, because I, I recently read up on you. I don't know you as I'm well sorry. as Chris. Does. It was boring, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, celebrated career, and obviously a big part of your of your story is is uh, the time that you spent in coaching, but then transitioning over to being the executive director. You're you're celebrated for your your business savvy too. And one part in there uh, where I'd love if you could explain this to us is a revenue sharing model that you have introduced in Alabama that put the overall association and I think it's at its best standing ever financially. I'd love it if you could just kind of outline what you did. Well, when, first of all, I'm very grateful for Dan Washburn and Bubba Scott, the previous executive directors for leaving our association in, in great shape. As we started to reevaluate some of the things we did, everything from refinancing our building to going paperless and, you know, using the tools that we have, we started to save money. Um, we were able to renegotiate some of our contracts with facilities. We started to make money and our accountant came to me and said, now Coach Savarese, I want to remind you, we are a nonprofit and, you know, we, we got to be careful. We, and what it did, it gave us a chance to remember who we work for. You know, I worked for the member schools every day when I was when I was in that position. And so it allowed us to take the revenue in excess over one year in reserve that we started to accumulate and give it back to those who helped put that money there. And so that's why we were able to do what we did. And when our corporate partners saw us doing that, we were able to attract more corporate partners at even a higher rate. Because I've always said there are two places that individuals will empty their pocketbook. One is church and the other one is schools and children. And so our message back to the corporate America was, you know, let's keep programs alive. Let's keep kids active. You know, our revenue sharing program kept track programs going, tennis programs going. It helped us start bowling. You know, th these are the things that, you know, I would much rather have a child with some type of goal, objective, and having fun in the afternoon than I would have them going home after school and because of our corporate partners and because of this revenue sharing program we were able to do it but you know i think we all have to remember when we work for state associations we are servants and we are servants to the students to the schools to the administrators and their communities i appreciate you answering that yeah wow that's that's really neat uh, really neat idea there so 
obviously, you know, we kind of touched on it, but you had a, you know, an outstanding coaching career before transitioning into this role. And so I'm sure you had a lot of relationships in the profession, probably particularly in, in the football coaching world. Uh, but I wondered if you would talk a little bit about the steps you took to foster those relationships and build new relationships, maybe branching out to the other sports and things in your early years as the executive director. Well, relationships or why we do what we do. You know, I, I started in this business 47 years ago. This would have been my 48th year. 47 years ago, all I wanted to be was a teacher. When I coached against your dad, when I was, when, when I, all I wanted to do was teach. I coached three sports. It didn't matter to me what sport I coached. And I have to tell you, uh, the most important relationship that was ever fostered was that relationship with students. And today, I was sitting on my couch getting ready to go pick up the grandkids, and I got an email from a kid that I coached back in 2001 through 2003. And he sent me a picture of his dad who just passed away. And, and I say this humbly, he said, that, and it had a picture of his dad and I, and he said, the two most important men in my life. And I got tears in my eyes when I saw that because that's how relevant what we do as a coach, as an administrator. You know, I could drop names with you guys and tell you, oh, I spent time with this coach or I did these things. And whether I've been with the governor or whether I've been with Coach Paul Bryant, you know, all Suge Jordan, all of none of that, that was a byproduct of the most important relationship with those students. And, you know, I, I just love the kids. I love the time I got to spend with them. And it's the thing I miss the most, that direct contact with students when I became executive director. Coach, we love asking guests about mentors they've had, uh, whether that was in your coaching career or serving as an executive. Wanted to see if you'd talk about one that had a huge impact on your development as a professional and as a man? Well, I've had so many. Uh, to choose one is very difficult. Um, in whatever position I was ever fortunate enough to be part of, there was someone or a group that really helped me. So if you make me choose one, Hunter, if I have to choose one, I have to go back to the first one. And I'm 68, so he's 83 years old. He called me this weekend. Uh, I was 21 years old and a head football coach, and he was the head basketball coach as well as assistant football coach. And he raised me in coaching. He taught me what I didn't, find in a textbook. And he not only was a great, you know, he preached the gospel, but when necessary, he used words. Mm. I, I just, I would watch, his name was Fred, his name is Fred Cottrell. I watched him in everything that he did. And he was just a great role model for me, mentor, and the team we coached together won a state championship, and they're honoring that team back in Kansas Labor Day weekend. 
And he just wanted to make sure I was coming because he's terminally ill with cancer. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to make sure, and then he wanted to make sure my wife was gonna, going to be there. So Fred Cottrell probably had as much impact on me, but I will say this, I could go on and on. When I started at the association, I couldn't have done it without Dan Washburn, who the previous executive director, who was always there for me. And there were just so many great administrators in my career, assistant coaches. I, I learned from so many folks. Love it. That's great. Um, so shifting gears just a little bit, um, obviously, you know, we've mentioned several times you, you have recently retired, but looking at policy that's, that's, you know, impacting high school sports across the country and particularly in Alabama, um, what do you see as the most pressing issues that state associations will be addressing in the coming years? Well, I'm, you know, one of the, the most pressing issues I think they're going to address in the future, and I'm not sure how it's going to develop, is the name, image, and likeness bylaw that was just passed by the NCAA as it infiltrates through high school sports. I can see so many unintended consequences of that rule. The other one is their transfer rule, allowing kids to transfer without sitting out a year. Can you imagine if that occurred in high school sports? And because of that, High school athletes are not being recruited at the same level. The elite athlete is, but that, that athlete who's not going to Alabama, USC, or Auburn, that athlete who may be a Troy or just a UAB, I, I can tell you, uh, Samford University this year, their coach told me they only recruited five high school kids they used to recruit 20 because they're taking kids out of the portal now. So I see that dynamic really changing high school sports in the future. And I am very concerned about that. One of the things I did guys, when I started in my job as executive director, I went back and read all the minutes of all the board meetings all the way back as far as we had record. So I needed a history lesson. And the same problems that we had in association business in 1960, we had in 2010, whether <laughs> it was private schools, whether it was classification, whether it was public private, you know, whatever it was, they were having that years ago. So those are things or challenges you'll continually face. But I am a little afraid of the landscape of amateur sports in the future. Fair. Well, Coach, we're going to finish you with this, all right? So we're going to start – we're going to do a little rapid-fire closing round. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. So quick answers, okay? Just no explanation, just answers, right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll do my best. Chris and I love talking about books. Uh, give us a great book recommendation. See, it's really hard for me to talk. Being a sports guy, Bleachers, John Grissom. Yep. Um, your proudest achievement 
while serving as the executive director of the association? First, I never did anything. I was always part of something, but being part of a great team of individuals was my proudest achievement. Give us a high school coach or a program that you just admire a lot in the state of Alabama and that you wish more people knew about that coach or that program. I really admire Josh Niblett at Hoover High School. A lot of people know about him, but I admire the way he conducts his program and the way he conducts himself. You're retired, so you get to answer this next question truthfully, all right? I'll, I'll try to do my best. <laughs> what is your favorite part of the state to travel to and watch a game? Oh, my gosh. Now, I love the entire state. Uh, that's a political answer. But I can, I, I'm, you asked for short answers, but my wife and I traveled every Friday night to two high school games across this state. We, we made over 300 different schools. And I can tell you this, in every community, there's a game in every community that is unbelievable. You know, watching T.R. Miller and W.S. Neal play or going one, you know, at that level, whether it be Vestavian, Hoover, whoever it is, there's some great atmospheres across the state. And there's, I, I've been to Texas, I've been all over the country. Alabama, for its size, has some of the greatest passion for high school sports that I've ever seen. Love it. All right, last one. Finish this sentence for us. Above all else, I hope people remember me as someone who loves kids. I like it. Great answer. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, we know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachanddoc.com. Thanks again.